recording. So <laughs> am I. There's some more thunder. Sounds like you're on Mount Doom. I am on Mount Doom. <laughs> well, well, Christy. Yes. Are you ready for a little light neo-shamanism? I am ready for a little light neo-shamanism. <laughs> Are you ready to hang out with the characters you never expected to ever, ever see, which is the Shillaber twins? I, oh, I'm so excited for this. Like, really, I am so excited for this. Okay. Let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's get this thing going. Let's do it. And welcome to Pizza Toast, a podcast about the Netflix Babysitter's Club series. My name is Christy Admiral. I'm Phil Gonzalez. Uh, uh, And and that's what this is. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what this is. We already have oppositional views on this episode that I don't know about, and I'm so excited for that. (laughs) No, I didn't necessarily (laughs) say I had an oppositional view. I just, this is the first episode that I actually have, like, what I feel are major criticisms. Yeah, it's so interesting to me because this is the first one that truly broke me. But I, I wonder. I, I don't. I don't think you'll disagree with that bit of it, at least. Um, no, so, this. I did. I don't. Do not think that I was not emotionally affected by this. Yeah. Episode. Oh, I figured. I figured you had to have been. I think it's. It is like just this side of manipulative, but it's it's handled well enough that I didn't mind. Uh, so we are talking, of course, about episode four, Marianne saves the day, in which. Uh, we find out more about Marianne, who has been delightfully on the fringes of the show so far. Yes, and uh, and as always, up top, uh, there will be minor spoilers, perhaps, for upcoming episodes. Even though, as we always say, we do not watch the show in advance. No, we, we only, no idea what's coming up. <laughs> we have no idea what's coming up in the show. We only know what's coming up in the books, because Christie's <laughs> read all 700 of them. Uh, yeah, accurate. <laughs> and I've read at least far enough in advance that if I talk to you about it, I'll I'll give stuff away. So I will say though that I think you have a much better recent understanding of the first ten, fifteen or so because it has been so long since I read those ones for maybe the first and only time, except when I rebought the graphic novels. So. And I've been re- I've been going back to them mm-hmm. in in preparation for the show just just because I mean I've read so many now that even those. Or even though I'm only at book number like 50 at this point, I still I'm like, what happened in that? Like, what happened? And 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 it's easy to confuse them with the graphic novels, which do mix things yeah. up. So I'm so excited for you because the 50s have uh, the one where they do the thing that no school has ever done when they pretend an egg is a baby. Over, <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> I, <laughs> I <think> wonder. <laughs> Yeah. My junior high did uh, flower sacks. Yeah, that's more normal. The egg thing was particularly crazy to me, but the they were able to be more creative with the eggs. You'll get there. It's great. Uh, I believe that book is called Marianne and Too Many Babies. Oh. But before, <laughs> but before Marianne can graduate to Too Many Babies, she must save the day. She must save the day. In <laughs> uh, however, in however major or minor a way we choose to see it as. Uh, <laughs> So yeah. yeah so, so this is the this is Marianne's big turning point as yes. a character. Uh, yeah, because before this, in the show at least, she has been very much under her father's thumb in terms of how she looks, how she dresses, and really how she behaves a lot of the time. See, one of my issues is it's impossible for me to to truly see this through the lens of someone who doesn't know the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I've been watching them with Alana, who's never read the books. And yeah. so for her, this is all just brand new information. She only knows what's going on in the in the show. Mm-hmm. But I can't help but color it with my knowledge of the character as she's portrayed in the books. I get that. Uh, I think Marianne is also hard because I've mentioned this before. Anna Martin has said multiple times that Marianne is the character that is, if there is a self-insert, it's Marianne. So yeah. I think we actually have a better gauge of her personality than some of the other characters. Certainly, I would say better than Claudia or Stacey or Dawn. Like, Christy is our main character, but Marianne is like the heart of the series for me. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, she is definitely the character who goes through like, especially early on, I think we've said this too, the most yeah. changes in the first batch of books. Mm-hmm. Uh, like personality-wise and socially and like her just life structure just gets shaken. We learn a lot about her past. Like it's, uh, and, and, and they dip into that in this episode. So yeah, she has the saddest past of anyone. I mean, uh, you could argue that Christie's is equally tragic uh, just because like she, uh, she physically lost her father and also emotionally, but Marianne quite literally lost her mother before she ever knew her. Her right. mother and- died when she was a baby. Yeah, and in the books, her father doesn't like to talk about her. Right, and all, I mean, that's that's an inconsistency we'll get to. I think it's a good idea that they've gone away from that, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Like, that's, her father's really emotionally buttoned up in the yeah. books. And but, So in the yeah. books, because her father doesn't talk about her, that is why she spends all of her time with Mimi, because Mimi right. knew her mother and does talk about, which they show in this episode. But it's kind of it's kind of not really explained like what you're seeing. That's actually like I will say I don't love the way she is described, not because I think it's like too inconsistent with the books, but it makes her seem really radical. Oh, and I think one of the I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I think one of the interesting I mean, we'll get to this, too, because Dawn shows up in this episode, which means Sharon shows up in this episode. But (laughs) we see like. The interesting thing about Richard and Sharon's relationship is how different they are. My understanding of Marianne's mom is that she was not as radically different from Richard. Yeah. Um, But as is the case with this show and in having to like sort of capsulize these storylines for the very, very brief runtime each episode gets. And I would say one of my criticisms in this episode is this is the first episode where I really noticed the time crunch like there were some mm-hmm. scenes that were just like three lines and you're done and i was like what is that wait what who's who's that but then other <laughs> scenes that they added that they sort of stretched out what was happening and i was like i'd rather you spent more time building up this character than dealing with this which is not as important no they reallocated a lot of time to the bailey plot right so like it felt, and not the part where somebody was in like medical duress, but everything that came after that, which felt different. Like it feels different. They reallocated a lot of stuff to Dawn's wacky extended family. That which, also, yeah, which doesn't seem to involve a brother named Jeff. Je- where is Jeff? Is okay. She never mentions having a brother. Theory: If Jeff is involved at all, Jeff stayed in California because. That is something that is very messy in the books where Jeff ping-pongs back and forth more than anyone else. I am going to guess, and again, we haven't watched any episodes beyond Yeah, this. right. I'm going to guess they just wrote him out of the show. 
it's not a terrible idea. The only reason Jeff matters to me is all at all, and we're never going to talk about this unless it's like a like a for mature audiences only bonus episode is because of fan fiction. Like that's the only oh. reason I care about Jeff. It's wow. All, Maybe yeah. we should do a bonus episode. <laughs> it's all non-canonical. I have a lot to say about what kind of fan fiction emerges from the babysitters club, a very uh, wholesome series, but uh... I, yeah, I digress. no, no Jeff at all. And uh, yeah. To, okay. So let's talk about the episode because I do have a lot yes. to say about Let's Dawn. walk through this episode because yeah. Because we we it's a Marianne, of course, narrated, and right off the bat, for me, for me, for me, and this is just picky Phil. For you, yes. We learn more about Marianne's, what she dislikes about herself and her behaviors from her own narration, rather than from seeing it happen on screen. That is accurate, yeah. She says a lot of things about how she doesn't like to stand up for herself, and she doesn't like to talk in front of people. And she'll say this and they'll kind of illustrate it, but mm-hmm. I don't ever get it. I never got a sense that she was the emotionally like vulnerable, uh, like wallflower that she keeps describing herself as. And part of that is because, and this is my, the art design on the show is so crisp that Marianne just looks like all the other girls to me. Like she does. This is no, that's true. And she's impeccably styled, even if it is a slightly different style from the yeah. rest of them. She doesn't look to me like a girl who was dressed by her father. Which no. is also something that well we'll get to it. In any case, yeah. <laughs> so tonally I I have trouble figuring out Marianne in this episode. I thought I had a grasp on her. Now suddenly I'm like, I don't really get Marianne that well. In any case. No, and a lot of the narration is then capped off by her saying something funny hmm. in uh, in real life, and that's not Marianne to me. Like Marianne's not a quipster. Like <laughs> they've really they've really made her, and I've I mean she's always been smart, right? But yes. they've really made her a little more acerbic, a little wittier, and mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's a cool. I think it's a cool idea, but it's also a little weird. And there is, I mean. There's a bit of a comment on that later when she meets Dawn for the yes. first time that she isn't funny, but I, <laughs> but I find her very funny. I think her com- comedic timing is super strong. I uh, like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, uh, she, she has an assert. Like, the, you you kind of get the idea they're trying to say like, well, because she's so like withdrawn, she's developed this kind of like biting sense of humor. Yeah, and. It's not, it doesn't fully line up with what we've seen in the previous episodes where she is more kind of the wallflower character and a little more like, I'm mortified to be doing this thing that is embarrassing or I uh, am dropping every, like literally dropping things because a cute boy is looking at me like that sort of thing, which I found really endearing. And I still find her very endearing in this episode. She's just different. That is a a fair point. Yeah. (laughs) I find her endearing. I also don't quite... The only real, the only real evidence I have of her friendship with Christy, is now the two times they've split up as friends. Yeah, they had, they've had they've had two falling outs in four episodes, but otherwise I don't really see them being good friends. No, and I like I like this falling out more. I find it yeah. because it's more interesting when the entire uh, club is against her than when it's just Christy being uh, mad about family drama <laughs> right uh but i will say like she and whoever's playing dawn 
might need to pull up some IMDb situation for this, but they seem like much more natural friends. Much yes, <laughs> that that was like my fr- and a lot of that has to do with uh, and you know what? I am not sure how to pronounce the actress. Yeah, I I was name. feeling that too. Uh, yeah. Her last name is Gomez. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce this. That is my bad. I should have looked it up. Uh, <laughs> it is. That is a thing that can be sometimes hard, though, because you have to, like, go dig into, like, listen to interviews where they're talking, and they'll say their names out loud. It doesn't yep. matter. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's delightful. I love her. She is completely different from Dawn on the page, and I could not be happier about it. Very different from Dawn on the page, which is which I agree with, because I have confused, when I first started reading the books, I would confuse Dawn and Stacy. Yeah, they're very similar because um, they're both like these. I mean, you're probably going to say a lot of the same things. They're both these like cool metropolitan girls from the big city who are a little cooler than thou in slightly different ways. Like Dawn is like, uh, like very uh, eco conscious and still dresses super cool, whereas Stacy just dresses super cool. Yeah, so, and they also yeah. they're also we're, we're constantly described. They were each described as having like the most amazing blonde hair, except that Dawn's yes. was so blonde it was almost white. Yes, and so so she's Latina in this very much so. Yes, yeah, and they uh, I mean. She's so much cooler than she ever was in the books. Like, I just love watching the two of them together. So, okay. Yes. Marianne and the club have, after she does, like, some knitting with Mimi, and it's very cute. Uh, Marianne and the club have a falling out for what reason? Because, <laughs> okay. For, for, again, the exact opposite reason that it happens in the book. In the, yes. In the TV <laughs> series, Marianne answers a call, and mm-hmm. it is Francine Del Vecchio who is a friend of her father's looking for Marianne to babysit her daughter, Bailey. And Marianne Mm -hmm. is like, "Uh, the babysitter's club doesn't really work that way. We have to like split jobs up. But she's like, I only want you. And since Marianne can't stick up for herself, can't self-advocate, can't say no, she's like, I'll do it. And that takes off the entire club. Whereas in the book, it's Christy who does that. And the entire club has a huge falling out with one another Mm -hmm. over the, over like, just all their different like petty squabbling so it's not focused on marianne the whole club just hates each other all of a sudden so in this case though they just make you feel terrible for marianne because immediately all three of the others are really mad at her she keeps saying i'm sorry over and over again it's Mm -hmm. a very sad scene and then she has to like the dreaded middle school torture has to go eat lunch alone well and then she First, she tells her father what happened, and that's oh, where yes. it all and goes that, to heck. Oh, no, that's what makes it even worse, right? Because uh, she gets all of the other club members grounded for yes. treating her meanly, which seems drastic, but it is also, like, I, I mean, Richard is a very convincing character. I understand yeah. why he would be able to convince them that that was the right thing to do. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to go back, because I, I do want to say that the whole, like, the whole, like... No, you aren't allowed to pick the the group has to agree who gets what job. Like that's kind mm-hmm. of the basis of the babysitters club. You're not allowed clients aren't allowed to pick their sitters. And that's kind yeah. of one of the rules of the babysitters club. It always has been a rule. It was always one of my weird sticking points with their rules, because obviously as a parent, you're going to want your kids to have some consistency with your babysitter. And like, I can see a parent being like, no, my kid wants this babysitter. And 
that's I think it's also weird because there are specific characters who prefer one babysitter to another and they are still the ones that consistently watch the like that's yeah that's still consistent like nobody but Stacy watches Charlotte if they can have like if they can have yeah. any control uh the Barrett's love like the youngest Barrett child loves Jesse so they're usually gonna go with that if it's the Pikes it's probably gonna be Mallory like it all makes sense and it is a weird st- like it's not something that I ever loved in the books because it's not real to me. And they really they really downplay it as the books go on. Like yeah. like you said, like they start getting their favorite families. But it seems like a really weird thing to suddenly get very angry about. No, it is. I'm thinking cuz I'm also thinking like my, I had a go-to uh, babysitting client and then they had an alternate who was like their second favorite babysitter and the children informed me of this. So like it is a thing. Kids have their preference. Yes. And they're, yeah, they're furious in this episode, though, which is, I mean, it it is what it is. (laughs) But we do get to see Sophie Grace, who plays Christy Thomas. We get to see Sophie Grace do my favorite Sophie Grace thing in the series, which is simply be angry at Marianne. Like, (laughs) Sophie Grace has the most, like, the most dead-eyed, like, glare. Her, I, like, just, I bet Sophie Grace, like, it feels like she has a background in theater because her face acting is just a mess. Very good. Like she, has, yep. she has the best expressions. And like in this one, we get to see Claudia being snide, which I love. Like I love a, I love a snide moment from a character. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Th- so, I mean, Marianne is iced out by everybody else. Yeah. Because uh, she tells her father what happened at the club meeting. The, the, uh, Mark Evan Jackson's basically like, were they bullying you? And she's like, and instead of going, because she can't stand up for herself, instead of going, no, they most certainly were not bullying me, Dad. It was just an argument among friends. She just, like, runs out of the room. <laughs> and so Mark Evan Jackson calls all the parents and says, your daughters were bullying my daughter. And that's why they all get grounded. That's why they all hate Marianne. It's also interesting because I feel that, okay, maybe the McGills would have believed that. But don't the Kishis and the <laughs> Thomases know Mr. Spear, like, right. we know at least that, like, the Thomases and the Spears have known each other forever. Like, this is, and it, it's it's silly, but it's a decent framing device because it yeah. means that Marianne gets to eat lunch with Dawn. Uh, so Grace does, and it, gets to again look at Marianne very man. angrily, <laughs> and it shows that it shows that uh, that that uh, Marianne's dad, that Richard, is very overprotective of her. Yes. Uh, certainly or he's like very reactionary uh because you don't get a sense that he's like he he he's not the richard from the book the richard from the book you get a sense like he will not let marianne out of the house like just her getting to babysit is like pulling teeth with her father like Mm -hmm. he's super like almost to a distressing degree in those first three books yeah um like it's it's and you get a sense it's because he is so shattered by the death of his wife and he's mm-hmm. never like even started getting over it that they downplay that in the series in the series they say, make it yeah they make it seem almost like it's almost a series of misunderstandings between the two yeah of them. and i would also say that in the first like i think it's the first time we see him which i believe is in the phantom phone calls yeah he seems more like that richard like he seems furious at her this he doesn't seem mad so much as very protective yeah and i actually i'm that's a change I'm going to go ahead and sign off on. I like that. It makes me lo- a lot less co- uncomfortable yeah. than it does in the, in the books. And I think, like, Mark Evan Jackson has a very, like, he 
he can definitely have the strict demeanor, but there is a kindness about it that I really appreciate. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a a lot of sincerity in this performance. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with his other work, but Mm -hmm. he has a good recurring role on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And this is the first time I was like, oh, this character shares some DNA with that character. I was was actually thinking that the two characters are very... It's not that they're the similar characters, but they... I think Mark Evan Jackson doesn't get a whole lot of options to play like domestic caregiver. And no. so this is like kind of, I guess this is how he, he's, he still has that sort of very, very straightforward, very strict, like very like no nonsense demeanor. You but can't no do that. Cause I'm just going to start applauding. Cause I love, like, I love his voice so much. Uh, every time he does a voice acting role, it's just his voice. And it's but then always when he's good. But then when he softens, he does this thing with his voice. And you're like, oh, that's Mark Evan Jackson. That's that's Mark Evan Jackson. <laughs> there's, like, I'm thinking specifically there's a time in Brooklyn Nine-Nine because he is the uh, he is the husband of the police chief on that show. Which, yeah. uh, we'll see what that show looks like in the coming years. But yeah. uh, not great. It, it's um, leaving Hulu anyway. <laughs> but he uh, often is just kind of this staid, like, very buttoned up uh, partner of a of a person who is equally buttoned up, but the few times he gets to show emotion are just really affecting because yes. of that. And, and I think what, you yeah you cast Mark Evan Jackson because you want a guy who's buttoned up, but then gets to show emotion. Yes, he and he surprised me in this episode. I was I mean I was thrilled because uh, like he and I like I've met him once or twice. We went to the same college. Uh, we, we have a very similar experience with said college and mm-hmm. he's just the he's the kindest uh uh most like what you think he is man yeah <laughs> so, so so i was like i was coming in really hoping oh i hope this richard is a different richard from the earlier episode and lo and behold okay so yeah. where are we so uh, and don hang out the yes. shall- the shillaber twins is that that, so that's christy is hanging out with them christy is which is exactly what happens in the in the book uh yeah the shillaber twins she's having a blast the the shillaber twins okay so the shillaber twins don't get much play in the books i know they come up a few times uh Mm -hmm. but uh they are (laughs) it seems like they just cast a couple of kids in for this just for the visual gag of Christy hanging out with two kids who doesn't look like she would normally be hanging out with, which is just these kind of like dull kids. <laughs> they're not, they're not who you would pick as like a natural backup friend. Right. Like, they are in the book. In the books, they are just a couple of kids who you would hang out with. And yeah. this, it's they are a visual gag. <laughs> it's a good gag, and I like. like I mean. It's funny how many multiples are in the Babysitter's Club series because there aren't really that many in real life. And these are certainly the most flatly drawn ones. Mm-hmm. So Mariah like and Miranda have... Shilliver. Yes, they kind of have a personality by which I mean they're funny to look at in yeah. this scene. <laughs> yes. And, and so like Christy, or Claudia and Stacy reject Marianne out of hand, do not want her to sit with them. Yeah. She can't sit with Christy. 
does Dawn ask her to sit or does she or does Dawn just sit with her? I she don't sits know. she sits alone and Dawn sits with her because she thinks it's Marianne's Marianne's new there too. Yes. Yeah, no, correct. Which makes I mean, makes all the sense in the world. Marianne looks uncomfortable at all times. Yep. And Dawn straight away, really bubbly, talking about that California diet, uh laughing at Marianne's non jokes. And she is so charming mm-hmm. and so cute and i was and like i was really excited about this styling because she looks like what like that part of it she looks like how she looks in the books like it's very like denim and kind of like more like slightly more retro than some of the other girls and i'm into it i'm very into this character well because dawn schaefer in the books is very much a california hippie yes like they that of the like if you i think to the breakfast club when (laughs) Some when when uh when Molly Ringwald talks about how she's eating sushi for lunch and everyone's like sushi what's sushi <laughs> and Dawn is still born of that era when things like vegetarianism environmentalism uh wearing like flowy dresses having wearing your hair down was still like very counterculture and very yeah. like not suburban at all no. but you can't do that now because it wouldn't make any sense because kind of people are what they are like fashion and styling and political kids being political is not like weird anymore yeah so they actually i mean they have to make her family weirder in this case which we'll get to and they made her just they made her i think honestly seem like a kid from california like a kid from la like who is just has a different attitude is a little more brash is is a little a little more like isn't very uh connecticut it is more uh west coast yes and right away she and marianne get along very well uh mm-hmm. we thought fu- what do we find out about don we find out that her father is gay yes and left his wife uh to uh, for his for his male partner yes. and that uh i like that change because mm-hmm. the um schaefer divorce is not covered in the books it is covered in the portrait collection yeah. It is not particularly interesting and it is actually just quite sad more than anything else, which fair, it's a divorce narrative, uh, but it's never a part of Dawn's story. I don't think. Do they go into it in the California story. diaries? Uh, no. Um, uh, part of it, they go more into uh, Dawn's very fractured relationship with her stepmother. In oh, the California yeah, yeah. Diaries, but she's not in Connecticut at all in those books. So right. we never really hear much about anything. I think she has a phone call with Marianne one time. Those books try so hard to have nothing to do with the Babysitter's Club that they don't even <laughs> touch on it. But yeah, so at any rate, like that's a, that's a big difference. Her mom is pretty similar to what I think of in the books. Like leaving things, like very absent-minded, leaving things where they should not be relying on dawn to be the adult in a lot of situations and i buy it i buy it with this (laughs) with the actress playing dawn i like she is so she's very she seems to have like a very good head on her shoulders she is straightforward she's forthright she seems to have her stuff together and and they and by doing that they don't have to make her mom seem like a flake or a dick no she's not incompetent and like yeah i think back on the books and it'll be things like where did I leave the keys and Dawn will find them in the crisper or something. Yeah. And that's just wacky. That's just silly. This is more convincing. Like uh, this is a woman who is maybe not even scatterbrained, but just distracted a lot of the time. Yeah. And her daughter centers her very well. 
And so they hit it off. And you said at the beginning, the chemistry between those two actors is wow. It's like, okay, I love it. wow. I love watching them be friends. Yeah. Unfortunately, and... th- she's supposed to be best friends with Christy Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, Don, because she and Don are fast friends. They have mm-hmm. conflict, but they are fast friends. This is different to me. This feels, uh, this feels very different from the books. Um, granted like dawn does become a fixture very quickly oh yeah but not in the way that it looks to be going here like where she and marianne specifically are good friends but i but i i i I applaud the show though for the uh for just the finding two actors who work so well together in these scenes because introducing a new character this relatively late in the game in mm-hmm. this short of a series for only is, 10 episodes like is throwing risky. her in there in four and making her feel like part of it is a big deal yeah yeah and i mean that's again that's what happens in the books but still like in the books you have so much longer to get to know these people yeah absolutely yeah so um marianne hangs out with dawn mm-hmm. uh, but before yeah. the, the before the big hangout though uh we have our first Babysitting job in the a while. First Bailey Del Vecchio, yeah. Bailey Del Vecchio, who is this? Who is the replacement for a very like major babysitting charge in the books? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, what's her face? Um, shoot, what is her name? I, su- I suddenly can't think of her name. I suddenly can't think of her name. It's not oh. Rosie. It's no, it's the. Be- it's what's her face? She's she's the spoiled kid. Party dresses. Oh, Jenny Prezioso. Okay. Jenny Prezioso. Oh. Oh, it's, it's okay. So we have we have lost the Preziosos. They've been replaced by the Del Vecchio family. To be uh, fair, Jenny Prezioso yep. is an insufferable character to read about. And we have other brats every now and yes. now and then. But Jenny is just the worst, and there's never any recourse for her being just the worst. So. I was gonna say, if you're gonna replace any of those kids. Jenny Prezioso is the way to go. Because right. I, if you were going to tear away my beloved Charlotte Johansson, I would have had words. But, oh, Jenny's the worst. Yeah, Bailey Del Vecchio, who mm-hmm. is, um, huh, this is a, this is an interesting subject to tackle. I don't say interesting in a condescending way. I just think it's an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marianne is able to do deuce pretty quickly, quicker than I would have been able to at her age, certainly that uh bailey is assigned male at birth but presents as and uh be like uh conducts herself as female right and it's her parents encourage it so that's not the conflict here but yes and this is my sticking point with the episode not that they introduced a trans child that's awesome i was actually like this is the one thing that I was really spoiled on going in because people mm-hmm. were like chattering about it. In the, no, people in, but, were losing their minds over this. Yeah. Uh, people were like, oh, they introduced a child who's trans and there's a whole episode about it and it's awesome and they deal with it very well. My mm-hmm. issue with it is Bailey Del Vecchio's not a character. Bailey Del no. Vecchio has like five lines and functions plot wise just to teach Marianne a lesson about herself. Yes. So she's an idea, uh, yes. and I will say that it is an effective way to develop Marianne's character, but it happens very fast, and it and is then Bailey's just forgotten a about. Yes, and it is just a vehicle for that. That is, and cool. I don't know if maybe Bailey comes back like in every other episode and becomes like an adjunct babysitter. I don't know. We haven't watched the rest <laughs> of the series. For all I know, Bailey becomes a great character. 
All I know is that in this episode, and we'll get to the rest of the story, but in this episode, they introduce a trans character who is just there so the cis character can learn a lesson about her own personality. And I have a problem with that. That's a really fair critique, and I also find... Okay. I don't want to say this is always bad, because I think the show is also emotionally manipulative in the climax of this episode, (laughs) and I'm very okay with it. Like, it makes me very happy. Yes. However, this is manipulation, and I'm not sure I'm super on board with it. Like, even as I was watching the episode, while I was, like, emotional about it, it, it's not as... It's a little more hollow than I think they intended it to be. Um, I actually think the most, uh, aside from like big Marianne moment at the end, my favorite part of this is the way they handle Dawn being able to educate Marianne on this. Yes. And that actually, like, I mean, that brings up again that this is a California kid. It is true that like a, like a coastal kid would be able to more easily navigate the situation, particularly one with uh, like an LGBTQ presence in her family. Right. I do find it... One of my other sticking points is that they could have had Bailey explain to Marianne Bailey's feelings. Yeah. Instead, Dawn explains Bailey's feelings to Marianne and Bailey's not in the scene. And and I'm just I guess I'm just prickly about this. I'm sensitive about this. And it's also I mean, it's an interesting thing to pull this into the Babysitter's Club at all, because these are books that have never delved into social issues aside from dawn's uh like rampant desire to save the environment like this is just not it's not well, they, they delve into racism yes in, that is true in I the later books that, but in the, in like the later books they they really show the dark side of stony brook with that but uh, they sure uh do. don't worry don't worry future readers it's not as dark as you're probably imagining <laughs> uh it's just uh, people show their ugly side in that one it's not great yeah and i am uh, i am i'm not criticizing the fact that they did this i like, like i said i love it like i'm no, like yes yeah. this is this is this is what babysitters will be encountering they'll be encountering children with uh different uh, gender identities with you know they'll be they'll be encountering things they need to learn about and educate themselves about mm-hmm. it's just I just have a problem with how it was handled because I felt like Bailey didn't get Bailey's didn't get her, her moment. Didn't get to be a character in the show. I did cry. I did cry at the end though. When Marianne, (laughs) a couple times. Yeah. When Marianne is standing up for Bailey, like you don't do that to me because that will just like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So so what happens is uh, Bailey she she sits for Bailey twice. Yes. Um, the club is mad at her for <laughs> right, very an, mad. An additional job with Bailey, but she's the second time she sits for Bailey. Oh, uh, also missed the uh, the weird um, Wiccan ceremony. Sorry. Oh, we'll get to that. We can, we can go back. Let's do you Bailey can't first. Skate over that, but no. Yeah. So she has a second job with Bailey. Bailey gets very sick. Marianne has to call the hospital. Um, she does so. When Bailey is admitted to the hospital, the nurse and doctor, like the uh, continually referred to Bailey as a boy, and uh, Marianne calls them out on it in a way that I would have trouble doing as like a self-actualized thirty-something woman. Like this would be really hard to do, right? And Richard sees it, and then we have a scene at the end that we will get to. But yeah, it's a, it is. I mean, good character moment. 
Mm-hmm. At the, you're correct. It is at the detriment of Bailey as a character who is just literally just like in a hospital bed during this portion. In the background the at that point, <laughs> yeah. I will say this: the doctor and the nurse who enter. Uh, first, the nurse comes in and misgenders has has Bailey's chart and misgenders Bailey. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she's like, "Oh, I finally found Bailey's chart." Uh, yada yada yada. It looks like he yada he did this, and then the doctor comes in. And it's like, oh, so this is Bailey. How are you doing, young man? And yeah. you, you see Bailey looking very uncomfortable, doesn't know what to say. So that's when Marianne takes the nurse and the doctor out and chews them out. I will say this, though. The doctor and the nurse hadn't even looked at the child yet. Like, <laughs> they were just looking at a chart. And I'm like, they were probably just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We hadn't, we hadn't glanced up. We hadn't seen that the child in the bed was wearing was wearing a princess dress and was like... Like they I almost also, they they talk about how he uh, like or how I mean like how he's a boy in their context. They talk about like they use male terms and like nicknames so much more than a normal right? person I was does. Gonna say. <laughs> Which I get that we have to be kind of heavy-handed. For yes, I, I get this is a show again. This is a show for children. I have <laughs> to acknowledge that this is a show for for young children, not for savvy adults. <laughs> In which case, like some of the nuance is really uh, to be praised because yes, hey, uh, it's yeah. I, I I mean, like I I respect the idea. The execution could have used some work, certainly, <laughs> but also this speech that uh, that she's able to give is very good. Like I really yes. like this bit. Her speech is great. She plays it to the hilt. Um, the doctor and the nurse look appropriately cowed. Um, they do. Uh, I was wondering how much that would reflect real life, but I feel yeah, that because right. they're in a crowded <laughs> hospital, it must be pretty accurate because what else are they going to do in that yeah. moment? And they're like, and you are her babysitter. <laughs> okay. Um, great. Uh, no, she has an ally. That's all that really matters. She does. And so, yes, yes. All my criticisms aside, this is a show that's aimed at like 10 to 12 year olds. They are the the target audience. I'm a 44 year old man who's analyzing this from a a perspective that it is. I analyze Berenstain Bears books in my spare time. That is also completely unfair. So, um, but I do say, and, and my criticism is mostly just that I feel like because of the length of the episodes, this storyline needed more time to breathe. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get to know Bailey a little bit better. I just, I wanted maybe just another minute of runtime. Yeah. We spend so much time with the neo-paganism <laughs> ceremony that maybe could have gone a little bit more to Bailey because it's such an important topic. Uh, However, this show is very intent on making Morbid a Destiny a character. This show is very intent on <laughs> put, st- putting its foot down and saying, this is a different continuity, ladies and gentlemen. Morbid a Destiny is related to Dawn. <laughs> Just a, a, a twist for the ages that we get to... Yeah, so we get to go to a neo-pagan ceremony. Is the, I don't think it's a solstice ceremony because it's no. not taking do- place at the right time of day. I do think Marianne gets called a classic Scorpio at one point, which yes. I know just enough to, about astrology to know that she <laughs> most certainly is not, but that's uh, we'll, we'll ignore that. Uh, Mary, uh, Marianne is called it like she goes to this meeting with Dawn, which is a funny thing to begin with, like Dawn yeah. and her mother. Uh, they're having a time. She addresses 
Morbid of Destiny as Morbid of Destiny, which is good. Uh, mm-hmm. And she is uh, called upon to uh, be at the front of the circle and panics and run- runs away. Yeah, so it's it's referred to as a neo-shamanism therapy session in the sure. woods. Morbid of Destiny is now an actual witch, yeah. which I kind of love. I, I'm very on board with that part of this. Like, this was the decision they made and they stick to it. Also, her name is no longer Tabitha Porter. It yeah. is Esme. Uh, Better name. <laughs> it's it's a very different uh a very different name uh and a very different, different i say a very different character morbid yeah. of destiny in the books is just kind of the sour old woman next yeah, door she's an old lady she's like the like the cranky old woman who lives next door as opposed mm-hmm. to this which is like she's interesting she's fun to watch she's like she's kind of kooky but not in a not in like a like an old lady way just like kind of a kind of a quirky lady like the not- cool aunt I have a, when she is supposed to be the cool aunt or the like the cool aunt. weird aunt. I have a question yeah. for you. Uh, yes. This is a question I have addressed on Deep in Bear Country, and I have it for you now. Growing up, did you have anyone in your neighborhood who people thought was a witch? Tragically, no. Um, I don't think that's the kind of thing that my neighbor my neighborhood didn't look like one that could have a spooky house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did it, did you have a neighborhood witch? No, we had a mean bulldog, but not a witch. Uh, I asked that question because in many children's books, including the Babysitters Club, mm-hmm. but in Baby in Berenstain Bears, in I think uh, like Arthur, in uh, in several other kids' book series that I've read, there's always a, a, a story that is there's an old lady who lives down the street. Everyone thinks she's a witch, and the lesson you have to learn at the end of the book is that she's not a witch. She's just old. And and it's common enough that I'm like, that has to be a thing. It's got to be someone. I'm going to ask everyone <laughs> I know. Because I, I think in Arthur, they think somebody is a, a vampire at one point, I believe. Um, oh, yeah? And yeah. Uh, no, you're right. That is a really common trope. I even... Like you said that you had a mean bulldog. It's like I, a very sandlot scenario that you yes. were going there. We had, a, we had a bulldog named Max who just roamed the neighborhood. And when Max came down the road, everyone ran inside. <laughs> Not See, because he ever very, did anything, but because he had a legend. That's moment to me. It's good. <laughs> but yeah, so Morbid of Destiny in the books. And she's like Karen's witch. Like Karen yeah. thinks that there's this old woman who, who's a witch. We've seen her in the first episode uh, just from the back. And... Now they have brought her in as Aunt Esme, as Dawn, as is it? It must be Dawn's mother's aunt. It has to be because she calls not, her Aunt Esme. Yeah, she is not close to the same age. As yeah, Sharon. Um, yeah, and and I find that fascinating. I find it fascinating that that and, and 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 thinking about it now, not unsurprising that the the writers would be like, we don't just want this one joke old lady. Like that's not cool to like yeah. older people. Like. So let's bring in, let's have another older character besides Mimi, who's got something to contribute to this community. And you know what? And She's a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, maybe took up too much time in this episode. Yes, maybe. A maybe could have saved that for Dawn and the Impossible Three, which is a pretty thin plot. Uh, but, <laughs> hey. So far as we know. <laughs> okay, I'm just, I'm just going by like just the logline of Dawn and the Impossible Three is very like. These kids are bad. <laughs> For all we know, one of the three is going to be uh, the boy. 
That could be. Oh, they better put a the boy into this show. You're setting my expectations. So <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I cannot. Es- I cannot escape my my fantasy of combining a the boy scenario with the Babysitters Club. <laughs> I just want. I want Anna Martin to go back and just shoehorn in a book into the series, into the original timeline, where one of the girls has to babysit a the boy. <laughs> There's no Brahms to be had. There's no Brahms. In this uh, <laughs> there okay, are so, houses. There are houses with creepy passageways. Is all I'm saying. That's true. That's true. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, post postlude to uh, Marianne in the in the hospital is Richard comes and picks her up. Um, yes. Oh, he has a word like he has a line delivery that just like shattered me. <laughs> they're, in the, they're in the car. She assumes he's mad at her. Which is yeah. a wild assumption to make. And he su- surprised, mad at you. I'm overwhelmed by you. Yeah, and that's, a great I, line. that's when I started crying. Just because, like this, this moment was so good. He talks about how much she reminded him in that moment of her mother. Yeah, and it's really, it's just, it's very, it's very sweet. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't want to oversimplify it, but it is a very sweet moment. And we get a re- we get a less a reason for why she always wears pigtails. She asks if she can change her hairstyle, and he says the only reason I ever only put your hair in pigtails is because that's the only way, the only ta- way your mother ever taught me to do your hair. And very and cute. and I thought that's very sweet. I'm also just like, yeah, but you don't do her hair anymore. Do-. I was very confused because <laughs> I was like, in the books she wears her hair in pigtails because that's the only way he will let her wear her yes. hair. That's like it's true. he is she wears her hair in pigtails that's the rule and yeah. and then when she asks if she can change her hair in the show he's like yeah do whatever you want with your hair and i'm like did you just never ask about this apparently like, not <laughs> there are elements of the of the of the richards of the wrapping up of this part of richard's story where i was just like it felt like oh wait there were no stakes in this like she could have asked at any time yeah. and he would have been okay with it like I felt like there was a little bit more, there's a bit more to break through in the books. Like Richard really has a lot of work to do personally. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a credit to Mark Evan Jackson that he's able to sell this transformation in the character that's not necessarily present in the script. Are we to believe that Marianne is as like so shy and timid at the beginning that she wouldn't have ever asked about this? this I guess. Like, I guess. If it's not, a, I mean, it's not on the screen if that's the case. Yeah. She's not so timid all the time. She's more apologetic than timid, honestly. Yeah. She more, more seems scared of her own shadow in that way. But And it might be unfair because the, the actress is also very tall mm. or she comes mm-hmm. across as very tall, which means that on a TV screen, she comes across as more physically imposing than the other girls. That's kind of true. And also like, interestingly like claudia in the books is always described as being very tall but the the girl they cast is quite short yes but but she has so much energy that you you could get over that pretty quickly that is true marianne is definitely the tallest among them so and which is of course not to say that tall people can't be timid god knows i've known plenty of tall people who (laughs) were very timid it's like not like a that's not that's not a one-to-one um (laughs) but it can be uh (laughs) i was gonna say this is another episode though where claudia just is not in this episode it's really disappointing when she's not on screen. Like, yeah, she's, but she like even when she's on screen, she just doesn't have anything to do. And no, I'm like, she, she really fades in the background in this one. And there's got to be more 
in store there because she's too oh, good yeah. not to be featured. But I mean, we got another Claudia. We got another. We got another Stacy coming up. We'll see more of her. I'm yeah. sure. Uh, so it's Thanksgiving, and <laughs> Marianne has asked her father if she can invite uh, uh, Dawn and her mother over for for Thanksgiving dinner. She's also given herself a, a grand new hairstyle, which looks aces, by she the way. She looks so good. No, this, I mean, these kids, very cute, cute across the board. She looks so cool at the end of this. Right, which is fitting because Marianne does go through a major transformation at this point in the book series. Yeah. And kind of begins leaving Christy behind. Mm. Uh, uh, and so Dawn shows up with her mom and all of a sudden we figure out or we get shown that Richard and, uh, and, uh, What's Sharon. Sharon not only know each other, but according to Morbid of Destiny, who's also at Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I wish she'd shown up in full witch regalia. That just would have been amazing. Uh, they dated in high school in a major way. Yeah. They dated in a major way. And I, of course, I cannot hear the phrase in a major way without thinking of bad rap. <laughs> Honestly, like. They, we don't see a lot of them together, but I'm so psyched for this. Like, I mean, this, I feel like this could be interesting, and I and I am worried because it's such a major character development that I hope it doesn't all happen in the background like it does in the books. Because yeah, yeah. these two actors deserve screen time. And my hope and my my prediction is that it will not because simply because. They have already made uh, Elizabeth Thomas more of a character than she ever was. In right. Books. And they've really done right by even the Kishi parents feel like people in a way they haven't. Before. Yes. And I really, yes. I, I think it's important. I mean, it's important in, the sh- in a show like this to have a balance of the adults are not the most important people in the room, but at least they exist. Right. And I, I'm feeling that in a major way with this show, but I love it. I, I love that we get to see them reunite. And does this, this episode, does this close on Thanksgiving or remind me, does it close with the club kind of taking her back in? Uh, no, the, the club takes her back in before this. Uh, yeah, yeah. He calls their fa- parents. They all make up. Uh, Christy is like, are we still friends? Because you seem to like this Dawn person a lot. <laughs> Can't believe you would like another person. <laughs> and that is like, uh, you know, spoilers, perhaps. That is a major character thing for the two of them. Like, yeah. Marianne starts growing away, growing up and growing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Christy is a much slower developer, like personally, emotionally, physically. Like she, she comments on this. She's like, I, I'm smaller than the rest of my friends now. Marianne's growing taller. Uh, they like boys now. I'm not that interested in like, and it's an interesting dynamic that I'm curious to see if, if it holds up throughout the, throughout the show, because that's one of those friendship things. Yeah. Christy is notoriously five feet tall, I believe. And initially so is, uh, so is Marianne, but that is abruptly not true. Are they going to have to do a lot of forced perspective if like the kids grow up (laughs) in weird ways? So I mean, actually credit to casting for making, uh, uh, like a, uh, Sophie Sophie Grace is a pretty not diminutive but she's a thin kid like she's a skinny kid yeah. so she's a little gawky so I think that works in their favor and she yes. rocks those turtlenecks yeah she really I mean she looks dead on the most like what I would an- imagine Christy would look in yeah. her life yeah 
Like Claudia, Claudia's close, but Claudia is also more modernized, I think, than Christy. Christy just isn't because Christy's timeless. He's got yeah. got that turtleneck, got that sweatshirt, got that. Now in the now in the book, they pilfered from the book. In the book is when uh, Christy and Marianne have their flashlight Morse code where Christy lowers the shade. That actually happens yes. in this book. They pilfered that for the first episode, uh, so we did lose a little bit of their like. rivalrous interplay Mm -hmm. but uh but that's neither here nor there uh it's funny now i have a much i've watched the episode twice but now having talked through it i have a much softer spot for the episode than i did going in because like so when i watched it i was uh, in a in a glass case of emotion like it was just really like this one this one hit me harder than anything that had come before it i think also because i had ramped up with the stacy episode which is also pretty emotional yeah way but this one, I think they know, like they know, they knew how to tug at heartstrings with this particular mm-hmm. episode. They did it very, they did it masterfully, and it made me really happy that they're making Richard a fuller character. Like it, yes. which I was not. That that is not something I was expecting coming into this. That some of the that some of the adult characters would be like, oh, you, I can have sympathy for you rather than looking at you as just like standard parental figure. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I so far I've liked a lot of the changes they've done, uh, like the adaptations. Again, my only my my biggest criticism is that I wish the shows had a little more room to breathe, uh, just to flesh out a few things. And I really, yeah. I really wish they'd hit Bailey a little bit better. But uh, who knows? Like I said, who knows what's going she to happen with her character? She could be back. She could get her own spinoff series. I would. I would- Okay, so if Karen Brewer weren't so good, because she is so good, I could get on board with a Bailey spinoff. Like, if they do Little Sister, I'm not going to be mad about it. Like, No, that would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, she's she's credited in at least a couple more of these. Obviously, there's no getting around her being at the wedding. So, like, yeah. we'll get we'll get more of that. But yeah. You know how with the... Uh, with the the Sabrina the Teenage Witch series, um, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. They did like a one-off Christmas special that took place between seasons. Yeah, yeah. I would I would really love it if they did something like that with this. Like Honestly, Netflix is really good about doing that. Like uh Yeah. Bojack, Bojack Horseman has a Christmas special that is an episode of the sitcom the character was on. Oh, and yeah. it's really effective. Yeah, yeah, because it's not like you don't need it for the canon or the continuity. But it is like a special treat, so yeah. I would love that. I'd be very yeah. Maybe an, maybe another super special. Who knows? Ooh, love me a super special. Maybe they'll go on a cruise ship. Oh, maybe they'll <laughs> maybe they'll go on a ski trip. <laughs> that's that's always the hope, right? No, they did camp, and camp is the best one. So I'm I'm satisfied even with just that one. But another one would be I, perfectly I lovely. Am, I am currently in the middle of Snowbound. Oh my! Um, and I am loving it it is one of the most tense reads i've had in a while they they do such a great job of building up to the snowstorm and like the revelation of the snowstorm and what's going to happen to the characters uh remind me which randos get chapters in that one like which non-babysitters get chapters uh no one no one really so far that's an I'm interesting through. deviation for a super special. yeah yeah so there's not like yeah shannon doesn't suddenly have her own chapter or anything Dog, dog or child do you think we're gonna get shannon god i hope so i hope i hope they just go nuts in the last i hope the last episode 
introduces like 25 new characters in the last five minutes just like bam bam like one after the other i hope it's like the end of uh, avengers endgame and it's just like all these like doors <laughs> open and like, oh, yes. characters all stand. it's like and there's shannon and there's bart and <laughs> who among us doesn't miss bart taylor no he's a <laughs> what a boring character he's a real piece of work Sure he's, a real piece, he's a real piece of work. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, so anyway. G- good episode. Qualified good there. Like, I cer- certainly, uh, like, I I hear what you're saying, and I, I think it's valid. <laughs> I, I'm very rose-colored glasses with this show. Oh, yes. But, oh, yes. Be but that. But I get it. I get it. Please be that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and don't take my criticism as, like, as like a dislike of the show Oh, no. At I, all. I absolutely don't. Like, it's... It is a it is a well like it is a well written half hour of television. It's uh-huh. really well directed. I like how this episode looks a lot. Um, yeah, hospitals can look flat a lot on TV. This one does not. Mm-hmm. Um, cafeterias are terrifying. They capt and they captured that for me. And I liked seeing a little bit of Connecticut Autumn in there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, a little, just a little Autumn. Bit. Just and uh and the Schillerber twins. We just. <laughs> Never for, can never forget them. Uh, so <laughs> our next episode, next episode will be uh, Dawn and the Impossible Three. Yes, uh, exciting, exciting to exciting. see more Dawn thrust into the spotlight because oh boy, she's fun. And I am I'm, I'm not going to do a closing Anna and Martin letter because I'm just having trouble thinking of anything to say in those. <laughs> uh, please, I I mean I want to like I want to pour one out for Jenny Prezioso because oh please do yeah please I mean do. like too too good to be forgotten has mm-hmm. a little sister and it only makes her worse yeah has a terrible enabling mother <laughs> very terrible she she is the kid who only wears party dresses yes even when playing outside she and... she will be missed. She will be missed. Uh, you know, gone but not forgotten. <laughs> if this was if this was a video podcast, we would have like a picture of her, <laughs> like black and white, like an in memoriam for Jenny Prezioso. I'm out of Lacroix. Otherwise, I would pour some on the ground. <laughs> I wouldn't really do that. This Please do not start pouring things on the ground. <laughs> well, see you later. No. <laughs> no Goodbye, everyone. Nervous. Goodbye. Thanks for reading. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for thanks for listening. <laughs> Anne M. Martin. <laughs>